One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. As always, the NC DGD himself, Robert Reynolds. The season is upon us. And as promised, special co-host for this season, guys, Juan Daniels is here. Juan, welcome as a Thank co-host you. of the DGD Podcast. Dude, I'm so excited, man. Football is here, but even more so, Georgia football is here. So who can't be excited about Georgia football? I mean, Florida fans, Tennessee fans, right? I they're, think they're still secretly excited about Georgia football. I, I think so. Rent-free is the key word there. Yes, as sir. a young yes, today. Hey, so look, obviously, you know, obviously it's been a long, long offseason. Uh, you know, obviously looking into the beginning of the year, right, where we finish, uh, finished off. Uh, actual uh, win come from behind uh, Cincinnati. So that gave us something on New Year's Day to, to look forward to. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, long offseason. And now that has culminated to two days and then you will see Georgia facing Clemson in Charlotte. You know, first off, you know, if, if for those that don't know, uh, Juan did play uh, for Georgia, and you played against Clemson for that. Uh, for that, with that being said, so I want to. My first question to you, as the first, you know, as a co-host here, what is it like prepping for a game like Clemson? Well, at, at the time, you know, Clemson was actually pretty good. They had some uh, some pretty good players. But just that rivalry, um, you know, they're, they're right up the road. They're about two hours away and uh, they, they take a lot of pride. And, you know, when it just comes to South Carolina, the state of South Carolina, you know, the state of Georgia actually just putting on that, putting on those pads and really smacking each other. Uh, it, it, it's pretty intense. My sophomore year, we beat them um, pretty bad. We beat them, I think it was like 40 to 13. Um, but that next year was very close. It was like 24 to 19. Um, at Clemson. So playing Clemson at Clemson was pretty tough. So I can imagine going up to Charlotte, uh, it's probably going to be a Clemson type atmosphere. However, I think that we're going to be able to strap it on and we're going to be ready to go. Absolutely. You know, looking into it right here, I'm so excited, right? Because I think, you know, everybody knows Georgia Tech, right? Everybody looks at Georgia versus Georgia Tech. You know, you have the traditionalists, right, that that value that robbery. Uh, Obviously being in-state so close, you know, That's fair. Uh, You know, but then you look at other people, you know, other Georgia fans that kind of want a bigger rivalry, right? Like Clemson is our rival as well. You know, people have been wanting to see more, you know, Clemson games. Now, obviously you said you've played, you know, you played Clemson a few times before. Now, do you prefer home and homes or do you prefer a neutral site game like we're seeing September 4th? I mean, I, I prefer home at home because there's nothing like playing, uh, a, a, especially a top-ranked team. Like, how awesome would that be, both of them in the top five, to have this team in Sanford Stadium? That'd be great. Um, also, too, just to get that experience, um, you know, having the opportunity to play at Clemson, you know, I, I'll be honest, seeing those Tigers jumping up and down the field and then running down, touching Howard's Rock, running down that running down that, fee, uh, that hill, it, it, it sends electricity you know, through your veins. And so it's just always nice to see just a different type of an atmosphere, but even more so, Hey, let's go out there. Let's beat Clemson at Clemson. So we were able to do that. Uh, That, that, that was pretty cool. You know, looking at, uh, you know, your uh, history with Clemson, right up, you fared fairly well. And then obviously, uh, obviously after that, you know, the last time Georgia and Clemson faced off was the 2020, uh, 2013, 2014 series. 
And, you know, with that right there, obviously we split the series. Uh, you know, Clemson went in at home and then Georgia coming and winning at home in 2014. So right now, you know, Georgia has that leg up in regards to the rivalry. But Clemson has won up Georgia in regards to national titles. Uh, you know, so obviously with this year, you know, you're, I'm sure you're more than versed in this and the media saying that this is Georgia's year. Right. Obviously, I think this is a must win game for uh, for Georgia. You know, do you think that if, if Georgia can come in and handle business, does that mean that Georgia has the basically the uh, foot on the gas pedal heading towards the national title run? Oh, or- 100 uh, percent. This is a top five game. So it, it's not like Clemson is ranked 23 or they're barely in the top, you know, in, in, in ranked. I mean, they're in the top five. So for 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 Georgia, this is a statement game. This is a statement to everybody else. Hey, you know, but years before the talk was there, but right now it's it's more about talking about it. It's going to be about being about it. And I, I think that uh, this will be a huge statement win. It's going to put everybody else on notice, and it, it's going to be our time. You know, obviously looking into it, right? You know, the schedule is kind of down for Georgia this year. You know, so I think. With that being said, you know, it, everybody wants to look at the SEC gauntlet, and that's uh, and that's fair. Uh, but really, when you look at the East, the East is pretty down, and, and the gap between Georgia and the rest uh, of the East is significantly widened at this for this year specifically. Yes. Yeah. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. So what I was saying, just to kind of continue, though, you know, obviously I think this is a must-win game for, for Georgia more so than Clemson. And I know Clemson – you know, if if they lose this game, you know, they have no margin for error in the ACC, you know. But I think if Georgia loses this game Saturday, I think, you know, what lies ahead in, in Atlanta is more daunting than the Clemson game. And I'm not knocking Clemson by any means, but, you know, people can say what they want about Alabama. You know, even losing Mac Jones and Waddle and, and Devontae Smith, that does not matter because until proven otherwise, Nick Saban is just going to reload with elite teams year in and year out and, and you saw what happened when when Tua left right just an example Tua leaves Mac Jones comes in and they have an even better year uh, so you know looking into that right there you know I would much rather beat Clemson and then uh, you know have the luxury of you know if I lose I can still make the playoffs more so than lose Clemson and then you know you have to do it it's a familiar situation for Georgia fans right we always slip up somehow and, and then you're forced to win in Atlanta, but we haven't done that yet. So, I, like I said, I would much rather think that it's a must-win game for Georgia. You know, but your thoughts on who do you think it would be uh, a bigger game for in regards to their playoff hopes, Clemson or Georgia? Well, it's definitely going to be for Clemson. I mean, Clemson's going to have a tough road unless you have a, a, a UNC team that lives up to the hype. Um, of, of, of having that quarterback, and if they can go out there and perform well and, and, and beat other teams, then that'll be a statement win for Clemson if they can actually topple UNC, uh, depending on how well they do. Outside of that, I mean, it's going to be very, very tough. The committee is going to have to look at it and say, hey, listen, you don't have enough dogs uh, uh, in the fight right here for us to to catapult you over maybe an Oklahoma who may go out there and, and, and go undefeated or Ohio state. So they're going to be the ones that are going to be on the outside looking in, even if Georgia were to go and, and, and slip up against an, uh, an Alabama team in the sec championship, it's almost kind of hard not to put uh, Georgia right back in there in that top four. 
you know, I, I, I completely agree with that situation. And, and the reason why I say that is because we had this situation happen in 2018 where Georgia, in my opinion, was a legitimate top four team but got sent out because of the loss in the, in the SEC title game. And that's where I think my point comes back in earlier. You know, I would much rather beat Clemson and then can afford another loss in the SEC championship game and still make my, you know, decide my fate that way. You know, because, look, it's just been our Achilles heel so far. And obviously it's like a game of statistics. You know, at some point you're going to shoot the dice and it's going to roll what you want. It's going to go your way. So, you know, obviously I think this might be the best year to beat a Nick Saban team. I think Georgia, you know, obviously as it stands right now, this is just what I'm saying on paper right now. I think Georgia could beat an Alabama team. But you have to factor in the entire season and injuries, and there's so much uh, outlying factors that could contribute to, you know, the success or the demise of a season for any team. You know, obviously Georgia's been played with a few injuries uh, in regards to key names. Uh, that are probably not going to be playing Saturday. Uh, specifically, you know, I want to talk about Darnell Washington. You know, for, as you being a receiver, you know, understanding that losing a receiver, you know, what what does that do if, you know, from a, from a fan's perspective, losing a receiver at being one yourself, having a guy go down, what does that do for you from a mentality standpoint? Does it does it make you kind of strive to do better or, or do you kind of feel the, the, the pull of, you know, the, the, you know, the injury or things like that? What, what goes on in your head? Well, I, it, 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 it's next man up. And uh, so for me, my sophomore year, we had a guy that uh, started in front of me um, at the, at the H back position. His name was uh, Jerry German, um, an amazing receiver. He goes down ironically in the Clemson game. And uh, once I got an opportunity to go in there, was next man up. I, you know, fulfilled my responsibilities, and I never lost a starting job after I got, you know, had that opportunity. So, as a receiver, you never want to see any of your comrades go down. But then it's, it's you're the next man up, so you need to take this opportunity to to excel and go above and beyond. And I wanted to quickly just kind of give a shout out to Jalen Johnson, who just received a scholarship uh, as a receiver. So. That's kind of cool for him to have, you know put in that hard work, and who knows he may be a, a, a difference maker in this game, especially with some of our, our receivers being uh, big down. You know, one of the things that I, I don't think people really, I, you know, I don't want to discredit anybody's knowledge or anything, but it really goes under like unnoticed. Uh, the hard work and really the dedication and sacrifice that a walk on has to make. Right? There's been these good heartwarming stories you see all the time, but. You know, you you wonder what the genuine emotion is, right? The, a kid that's paying his way to go to play at Georgia, practicing is basically working his ass off, getting beat up every day. You know that that feeling when you finally get that scholarship offer. You know, I could only imagine the true, genuine feel of like just joy, and and it's probably just more than that. But you know, that's where hard work pays off. So any you know, obviously any walk on that gets a scholarship, they earn that. So you have to give them respect there. No, yeah, I had that happen, too, with um, uh, when I was at Georgia, uh, a guy, um, Matt Dixon, who was out of Northwest Northwest West Whitfield. Gosh, I can't even say that out. Um, <laughs> but uh, he you know, came in. He was a freshman with me and he worked his butt off um, and he had every right to be, um, you know, be on scholarship because he was that caliber of a player. So when it was announced that he got his scholarship I mean, just as a team. Uh, we, we just, you know, roared in excitement. And it's always awesome because there was nothing that 
I did or nothing that the other receivers on scholarship did that he did not do. There was not work that was put in that he did not put in work for. So, um, you know, Matt Dixon was an awesome receiver. Um, and just the fact that he got a scholarship was was amazing. Yeah, I, I know watching these videos, right? Like you always see them now where, where kids get uh, scholarships and things like that. And it's actually kind of publicized, which is, in my opinion, it's very cool to see because, like, you know, at first you wonder if the, you know, the team is really being genuine, but then you understand the, the minute details behind that, right? What goes on, like what has to happen, you know, the hard work, things like that. And then you really understand and then it just hits you. And it's like, now I understand why everybody just goes crazy, you know? So, you know, it's a big deal for that player, but it's also a big deal for that team because, you know, you look at a, you look at a guy that's a walk on, right. They, they bust their tail, right. Look back at Stetson Bennett, you know, playing scout team and really helped, really helped Georgia, um, you know, beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. And it was even mentioned by our defense, some of our defensive uh, playmakers, you know, him doing the scout team is what helped them prepare and, and really overcome and beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, so it's always something, you know, like I said, it took me a little bit to understand because I was skeptical if it was genuine. I completely understand now that it's true. Um, you know, and obviously, like you said, God just got a scholarship. Uh, but I want to transition to someone that not didn't get a scholarship, but they committed. And that is Jacob Hood, which is why the chain is out in full effect today. Uh, obviously committing uh, to Georgia Monday, uh, 6'8", almost 350 pounds. Looks that, is, that is a monster of a man. You know, to kind of compare this right here, you look at, you know, you look at, uh, let's just melt Mims, right? Amarius Mims, 6'8", I think it is, 6'7", 6'8". Yes. And yes. I want to say about 3'15", 3'20". Now, the one thing about Jacob Hood was at one point, I don't know if you're familiar, he was actually pushing 400 and had a ridiculous amount of weight loss to get him down to the 340 range. So I expect him, you know, obviously I think he's going to do well. I, I don't know, you know, what his future looks like at Georgia. If he's, I don't think he's going to get immediate playing time. I do think he can be a good depth piece, uh, you know, whether he plays at tackle. I think his height tells me he plays tackle, uh, probably right tackle. Uh, he has to get to me. He has to get a little bit more, uh, you know, bend and flexibility. I think him being so heavy and then cutting that weight kind of really helped him out, but it's still a work in progress there. And that's something that the Georgia strength and conditioning staff can easily do. But, you know, I, I look at him right here and he may not be the best in pass rush. I don't know if you did any analysis on Jacobs, uh, tape or anything but the kid is an absolute mauler in the run game absolute mauler he's going to be one of those guys that's going to reset the line of scrimmage i know typically you hear that phrase from a defensive standpoint but he can push the guys and move the line of scrimmage And, and that's key because from a fan's perspective we want an air raid offense right we want to pass all the time but you have to understand that that's not always going to be the case right Yes. You have to look at, you know, you have to have the ability to run the ball, reset the line of scrimmage, push the line, you know, set, you know, do what you have to do there. Georgia's never going to not turn down somebody that is an excellent pass rusher or not right. pass rusher, but a pass right. blocker or a run blocker, I should say. Sorry. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the commitment? Obviously, that puts uh, Georgia at third if you're one to keep up with the recruiting rankings, uh, moves us up to third. But have you. You know, have you looked into anything with Jacob and what do you think his future could look like in Georgia? Well, well, his future is, is going to be great. And just like you just talked about, I mean, it, it, it's not a matter of 
how much he weighs or the quickness right now, because George is going to do exactly what they need to do with this guy. Um, when it be, you know comes to nutrition, um, they're going to get him at the weight. They're going to get him at the strength, the speed and everything else that, that uh, he's going to be at. I think he's going to be excellent. So you add him and you add in Griffin Scroggs, who's another guy that they're going to go in there, six, five guy that they're just going to go up there and they're going to beef him up and then, you know, work with, uh, you know, footwork and, 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 and quickness. And then again, you know, almost just kind of getting Georgia back to, hey, let, let's let's run the football. You know, let's yeah. let, let, let's make sure that that that, that we run the football. And then, and then again, uh, you also have to understand, too, these guys, whether they come in there their first year and they're on the scout team, they're going up against the best D1 players uh, in, in the country and one of the best conferences in the country. So it's almost hard for them not to develop and hard for them not to get better, uh, especially when they see their counterparts in there, uh, you know, giving it their all each and every day. I look at that as a perfect example. You mentioned Griffin Scruggs, right? A lot of people, I think they get too fat, uh, get too fascinated and caught up with rankings. And I've said this over and over on the show. Rankings don't mean much unless you're trying to sit here and, and antagonize a, a fan base, right? An opposing fan base. You know, obviously you have to trust what the coaches see from these players. There's a reason why they're committed. Even if they're a three-star, it doesn't matter. There's a reason why the coaches wanted them. You know, you look at guys like, you know, three stars like Jordan Davis. You know, everybody wants to get hyped up over five stars, and rightfully so to a degree. But Jordan Davis is about to be a first-round pick, all-American yeah. in my opinion. You're about to see why come Saturday. But he was a three-star. So, you know, obviously I'm going to keep reiterating this, especially as the season goes on, because, look, Georgia, you know, as, as elite as Georgia is in the recruiting game, you know, you're never going to sign every five-star. You know, you're going to sign a plethora of four stars, but those three stars could be the key difference between, uh, you know, a conference champion and a national champion. But you, yeah. you never really understand until the pieces are put together. Right. Like you said, you get him in, you get him into shape. You uh, talk about Jacob, put you get him into shape. And next thing you know, if somebody goes down, you have a guy that's, t- you know, that's ready to go, you know, smart, things like that. And you don't miss a beat. And so, you know, obviously, again, stars don't matter, but definitely the talent and the, the measurables. Right. These are things you can't coach. You can't coach six, eight. No, you, can't. you can't. You can't coach Arians four four flat, basically. Right. right? I mean, right, you, right. well, you, let's just be honest. You can, but you you're gifted at that point. Right. 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 Like you can coach speed, but you, you can't you, you're given four flat speed. You just have to hone that craft. But, exactly. So measurables, things like that. And look, and one of my favorite things, effort, effort. If you can sit there and watch your tape and see that you're never taking a playoff from a coach, I would think that that is that's important because you you see all these kids that come in there and and they're the best player on their field, you know, any given Friday. But they but they kind of, you know, take plays off. You can't do that in college, you know, especially, you know, I mean, you may be as you know, Compared to NFL, but you know, looking at it right now, though, I, I think the the level of gameplay is going to be different. You you need those guys with the motors, right? Uh, I'm going to stick around local here, uh, and I'll let you speak on uh, somebody maybe at Buford or a couple people at Buford. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like Tamori Thompson here at Grimsley, and the kid is six foot roughly, right? Kind of undersized for a D lineman, but the kid's motor is relentless, and and whoever gets him, the college coach that does get him. It's going to be it's going to be loving it. They're going to have they're going to be happy, you know, and, and I'm sure you see that at Buford. Look, 
while we're at it, Buford just now got ranked in the top 25 nationally. Yes. You want to speak? Care to speak on that? Yeah, hey, yeah they're uh, they're they're top 22 um, in, in the nation. So that that that's kind of big time. They uh, had a big time win against uh, North Cobb the very first week. North Cobb then the next week goes and plays Milton, who was number 21 in the nation, and they just absolutely obliterated Milton. So that kind of helps propel us into the top 20, uh, top 25, which is um, just a great feat in itself. And uh, but you do you, you talk about um, guys with motors. I know a guy, uh, Josiah Wyatt, who is a defensive end for us. He actually committed to App State, a motor out of this world uh, and, and, and heart out of this world and, and just does not take a playoff. And, and we've got a lot of guys that are on our offense and defense that don't take plays off. And trust me, uh, the, the way that Buford runs their program, if you take a playoff, uh, everybody knows it. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that, you know, the, the coaches try to maximize and, and just get the most out of you. Um, and, and again, like you were just talking about for hood, you know, he's just one of those guys that he's just, he's just going to drive. He's just going to power through same thing at, at, with, with, uh, with Griffin Scroggs at Grayson. I mean, Grayson has a machine over there. And so they expect the absolute best out of you. So you can best believe, you know, him at right now playing center, he's not going to take any plays off because he can't afford to. Absolutely. So before we, I want to transition to talk more about you as a player at Georgia, but before we do that, I got to give a quick break here and talk about our guys over at lots of rain. Look, I have, if you love watches, this is a perfect, brand to invest in they're not you know luxury tag price but it's great quality um you know and also we're pairing with them uh and looking look dawn of the dog giveaway your chance to win two tickets to a georgia versus south carolina game on september 18th um all you have to do is you know provide a proof of purchase uh you know go on to lawterrain.com use uh use code dgd at checkout look it doesn't even have to be a watch, you can buy sunglasses, a watch strap, whatever the case may be, you know, buy something, use code DGD, get 10% off of your purchase, and you get an entry into the giveaway. You could win two tickets to the South Carolina game for maybe less than 20, 30 bucks. Uh, so that's very cheap. Uh, you know, winner will be selected September 10th. So on September 10th is when the, uh, at midnight is when the uh, entries will be uh, stopped and done from there but also remember if you buy multiple things that counts as multiple entries so every item that you purchase counts as an entry into the giveaway so if you buy a watch and a sunglass set that's two entries into the giveaway so keep that in mind like i said use code dgd uh, at checkout la terrain that is l-a-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com code dgd and that will enter you into the giveaway. Also, social media here. We are less than 80 followers away on Twitter. If we get there before Saturday, you're looking at a $100 gift card to Fanatics or a Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb signed mini helmet, uh, which the winner will choose whichever they uh, want. So get us over to 1,000 followers before Saturday, Twitter at the DGD podcast. And, and enter it for a chance to win a uh, Fanatics gift card or a uh, Nick Chubb signed helmet. But with that being said, Juan, let's talk about your Georgia career. Obviously, played in the early to mid-90s. 
uh, as a receiver, you know, did a lot of good things here. I'm not going to steal your thunder. So I just want to kind of tell, you know, give you an opportunity for those that may not know the man, the myth, the legend, Juan Daniels. Tell us about your. Hey, I'm, I'm showing here that you're okay. Oh, a little bit of a internet issue. So if, if you didn't hear me, what I was saying is obviously, you know, you played uh, high you played Georgia football early to mid nineties. Tell people about yourself. Tell people about, uh, you know, your Georgia career for those that may not know the man, the myth, the legend, Juan Daniels. Yep. So I, I, I played from um, 93 to 96. So I was, I was redshirted. And uh, so, you know, I played, played wide receiver, um, you know, and, and I tell a lot of these kids today, especially, um, you know, it, it took me two, two years to get on the field where a lot of kids, they want to go and they want to transfer. They come out and they have a lot of hype because I had a lot of hype coming out of high school to go pretty much to any school in the, in the country. And I, and I chose Georgia, loved the campus, loved everything about it, the coaches, the, the, the players. And so I uh, had an opportunity to get on the field. And, and, and just like I said, uh, unfortunately, we had a guy that went down. And, uh, and and I was able to step in and uh, become one of the third leading receivers uh, on the team. So I had the third, you know, third amount of touchdowns. And I was there with uh, Hassan Graham, Bryce Hunter, uh, Heinz Ward, Corey Allen, uh, Robert Edwards, Mike Bobo was the quarterback. We had uh, Kirby. He was there. Um, Will Muschamp. Um, so a lot of these guys that have these head coaching jobs uh, came from that football team. So we had a lot of great. Uh, a lot of great guys had, you know, guys, Philip Daniels, who uh, went on to play for Seattle. And uh, he's actually on the staff with Seattle when they won their couple of, you know, when, when the couple of Super Bowls. So uh, my experience at Georgia, just being a dog was just awesome. Uh, playing in Sanford Stadium uh, is, is second to none. Uh, it, it was just amazing. The fan base uh, is, you know, hearing, hearing that, uh, that, that, that Star Wars theme, uh, you know, the, you know, the fourth quarter. Um, it, it was just everything that you could imagine, everything that was great. So a lot of these recruits that are going in there have an opportunity to go to a game uh, and, and, and really just kind of look up at the stadium and, and look up at the fans. Uh, it is everything that it is. It is advertised. Uh, un- unfortunately, we were not as good as as the teams are right now. But, um, you know, having an opportunity, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to play under Kirby. Uh, just to be, you know, one, one of uh, his receiver, uh, one of the receivers on this on this team to block and, and catch passes and all that kind of good stuff and then just have that success. But even though we were not as successful, the brotherhood that you have, um, we just had a um, just an alumni lunch uh, last week where Kirby spoke. And, uh, you know, we just had a lot, you know, an opportunity to catch up with some of the guys, you know, Buck Baloo and just other guys that were there. Um, but again, like the, the, the brotherhood is amazing. Um, and then just the friendships that you, that you, that you form over time is just absolutely unbelievable. So when we do have an opportunity to go to those games and you kind of link up with some of your friends, uh, it, it is, it is just, it's absolutely awesome. You know, looking at it, right. I think, you know, like I said, I did my research and, and found out you really had a productive career. Uh, and, and which really kind of opened my eyes to really do some history through the books, right? You know, everybody looks at the golf era as kind of those down years, but I mean, really, there was a lot of good talent that came through then too. It's just 
things are always, you know, things are difficult. You look at Tennessee with, you know, Tennessee was in the good year, Spurrier there, you know, things like that. But there's right. always something, you know, but you look at right transition into now where Georgia's running the East. Look, it, that's just what happens over time. You're going to get that where people just flip and, you know, that's what's going to happen. But nonetheless, I do want to ask maybe a question or two about while you were uh, playing at Georgia. What was your, what was your favorite memory uh in general, what was your favorite memory while you were at Georgia? My favorite, my favorite memory, and, and, and sadly it was in a loss, <laughs> but uh, we, were, we were playing Tennessee at Tennessee uh, against Peyton Manning. And, uh, you know, we we're driving down the field. I just scored a touchdown off of a, off of a post and, and I go in and I sit down on the sidelines. And so the way that the sidelines are, and it may, it's maybe not so much in high school, but in college is, you know, the offense is on one side of the 50 and the defense is on the next side of the 50. So we had some guys, uh, one of the guys, Jason Ferguson, who ended up going to the Jets, um, and another guy, Jermaine Smith, and then uh, Keith Drayton, you know, they had to go out there and face Peyton Manning. I mean, it was a difficult task, obviously, in, in, in itself. And so, you know, instead of them being focused on what are we going to do to go and stop this guy, they grab the Gatorade trays and come down and start giving all of us offensive guys some 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 Gatorade. You know, and we we've got water boys and we've got people that that do that. But when you actually look at wow, like that is a true teammate. That's true service right there. That they had that much love for their brothers. That knowing that they got to go out there and face Peyton Manning, they decide, hey, let me just go make sure that my teammates are taken care of. That is hands down my favorite moment. Um, uh, in college football. Yeah, it just kind of shows you, and, and obviously using a football term here, I don't want to go too crazy here, but, you know, it, sometimes it just means more, it's more than football, right? And, and I think yes. that's a perfect example of that. And and I think that still t- uh, stays true to, you know, your, you know, post-collegiate career where, you know, you still talk to these guys. Like you said, your your launch recently at the scrimmage, you know, things like that. Like those, those, those memories will last, that, you know, last you a lifetime and, and those relationships, and brothers, you know, brotherhoods that you created. And, and, you know, those are lifetime things. And I think it's just a testament to what being a dog is, you know what I mean? I think that's just this family environment, you know, you know, bonds and relationships, things like that. It it just means more than sometimes it just means more than football. So I I love that you told me that because, you know, it's easy to say, you know, all a touchdown run back or something like that, which, you know, I wouldn't be mad either. Right, uh, right, right. You hear, you hear that kind of story, and it just kind of puts it into a different perspective. Now, my second question here is, you know, obviously watching some highlights. I'm going to th- put you on the spot here. So, you know, I want to see what you do here. Who was your favorite quarterback to catch passes from? <laughs> Man, I, I, I'd have to say Eric Zier. I'd, I'd have to say Eric Zier. I, I love Bobo and, and, and Hines and, and Brian were great guys, but – Eric Zyra was just, he was just different, uh, you know, and so it, it was, uh, you know, anytime I ran out, you know, on a route, I think by the end of the season, I think I was his outlet guy. So you know, if he was in trouble, if he was scrambling around, he just kind of knew what area I was in and he just kind of just threw the ball up and I was there. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting to see that though. Cause I mean, like watching your highlights, like you said, I, I literally watched it and Obviously, you're making plays, but you look at the quarterback. You start to, obviously it starts with the quarterback, and it's just like 19, 14. It's like okay, so he's just like it's back and forth. Yeah, but that's yeah. just it, that's what what it was. So you know, obviously, I think you know you made the best out of everything. You know, regardless who was at, uh, behind the center, uh, behind the center, really. Um, you know, but one of the things that I liked was 
can you can you tell me more about this? The one-handed play against Georgia Tech on that drive. Yeah, because <laughs> I think I think it was that whole drive that was just like, or maybe not the whole drive, but it was just one of those things where like that catch came out of nowhere, and, and I think it really helped energize the team to get us and, and pull away with that win. Was that was that in '96? Was that? that was that was '95. '95. Okay. Okay. At, at, at Georgia Tech and. Uh, and so what it is, it was like a little, it's like a quick slant. So you just kind of have to fake out and then, and then you got to break back in. But I kind of got jammed up a little bit, which is the reason why I had to stick my hand out uh, to, to, to make that grab. But, uh, you know, we, we had a guy, you know, our, our coach, coach Daryl Drake, who was just, he's amazing. Unfortunately he passed, but he was with the uh, Chicago bears as the, as the receiver. But um he just taught us, he said, you know, sometimes you're just going to have to go above and beyond. You're going to have to be an acrobat. You're going to have to be a contortionist. You're going to have to do whatever you can to make that catch. You're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable. And so with him just kind of drilling that in our heads, um, it, it may have looked difficult, but it really was not that. It really was not that tough. because I just had to reach out there and snag that thing and bring it in. Left-handed. Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say left-handed, too. That was a, that was what looked crazy about it because, right. you know, obviously, you know, uh, my guys over at my got a podcast. They're, they're look, they're they are gift masters, right? Yeah. And they made a uh, obviously when we made the announcement that you were going to be on full time this season. You know, they had to make the uh, the touchdown, right? The touchdown gift. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. So, so I'm sitting there and I got the all, actual audio, and then you hear months, and it's like, you know, Juan Daniels touchdown. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, that was amazing <laughs> to see. So shout out to the guys at my got a podcast, man. They're always making good gifts. But um, yes, yeah. So I want to do this real fast. Obviously, talk a little bit about tomorrow. Obviously, you know, the dawn of the dog is approaching, guys. We're, we're, we're literally, t- as of tomorrow, it'll be Friday, one day away. Uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and break the news here. We're going to have a two-on-two debate. Well, I guess you could say more of an analysis kind of discussion, like a roundtable. Uh, you know, I've got my guy, Aaron, from Fifth Quarter Clemson coming on. And, uh, Juan, I think you um, – you set you set something up to yes, bring sir. a former Clemson player on. Yeah, yeah. His his name is Brad Pope. So Brad Pope was a player at Clemson. We actually played against each other in uh, in ninety five, ninety four, and ninety five. So what's unique about Brad is his son just uh, he, he plays for Buford. He plays with my son, and he just committed to Alabama. So uh, to have him on is going to be pretty cool. I expect it to be fun. A little bit of you know nudging here and there. Look at Georgia Clemson; it's always a rivalry. Anyway, you've lived it; I've watched it, right? And I'm sure Aaron is the same way with me. You know, we've watched it; y'all have played it. So, you know, obviously we're going to wrap this up for today. Um, but look, tell people, you know, obviously you're going to be a staple here for this season. But if, like I said, since this is your first time here, tell people where they can follow you uh, and find you. Okay, so I'm I'm. Uh... At John Mega One Two on Twitter, um, Facebook is just my name, Juan Daniels. You can uh, look me up. It's a picture of of, of my wife and uh, and I. We're walking down the aisle, and uh, it's got the Stanford logo on there too. So my, my middle son is going to Stanford uh, to uh, for for football. And then on um, on uh, Instagram, it is John Mega One uh, Four. Gotcha. All right, guys, that's all we've got for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, uh, obviously on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But that's going to wrap us up for this episode of the DGD podcast. Go dogs. Go dogs. This is the DGD 
podcast. Go dogs.